Ahoy, and welcome into the Maglerverse. I am Dan Magler, your podcast host. I'm a social worker and life enthusiast. And I'm here on the Not Allowed to Die podcast to pull back the curtain on mental health, answer your questions about how mental health treatment works, how to get help and support if you are a clinician, how to like to bounce ideas off of someone, and share some of the dilemmas that my clients are dealing with so that um, you might benefit from <laughs> their experience. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a situation yesterday. One of my clients was uh, dealing with how do you communicate with someone that you've disappointed? There are four main communication styles. There's passive, aggressive, assertive, and passive aggressive. And none of us use just one of them. We all tend to use more, you know, some a little, we have a dominant one and then we use others, you know, as the situations arise or as our emotions trigger them. But, um, you know, again, we know that everyone always says assertiveness. That's what we all want to be assertive, but there's a reason why we're not always assertive. I like to explain to my clients, I imagine I'm out to an anniversary dinner with my wife and we're going to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which if you have never been, uh, they have several of them around the country and it's probably the best steak in the world. The plate is comes out at like 600 degrees, so don't touch your plate. Um, but anyway, so if I've gone to Ruth's Chris and I would always order my steak rare, to be totally frank, I'm now a pescatarian. Um, so if I do this, it would have to be a really special occasion. But anyway, so we go back to the time when I was eating meat and if I ordered my steak rare and it comes out and it's well done. If I respond aggressively, I might say, you know, you idiot. Did you not listen? I said I wanted this, you know, rare. This is clearly well done. Take it. You're going to take this back and you're not going to charge me for it. The good thing about being aggressive is I'm going to get a new steak and I'm probably going to get it quickly and I might not even have to pay for it. The bad thing about being aggressive is I'm supposed to be out for a nice anniversary dinner and now I've probably embarrassed my wife and no one's comfortable. In addition, there's a pretty good chance I'm getting my steak spit on. So that's not so awesome either. Or I could take the passive route, which would be to say, you know, just eat the bird steak. The good thing about the passive route is my wife and I, the purpose of us going there was to have a nice dinner and the dinner doesn't get ruined. I can focus on the sweet potato casserole, which is divine um, and just some of the other good food there. But the entire time I've got this resentment inside that here I am paying $36 for a steak or whatnot, and I just I'm not enjoying it. So that resentment and whatnot, whatever builds, and I'm probably distracted when I'm listening to my wife just thinking about how crunchy my steak and gross my steak is, my steak that I have once a year or maybe now once a decade. The passive aggressive response would be to eat the steak, but then leave a one star Yelp review or, you know, a horrible tip or claim that you saw a rat in there or do anything, something like that. The good thing about the passive aggressive response is we get through our dinner, but I don't feel powerless and as resentful because they didn't get away with it. They didn't get away with ruining my steak, ruining my evening. And I feel a little bit more powerful in a sense of revenge. The really bad thing though about the passive aggressive response is nobody wins. I didn't get a new steak and they get a bad Yelp review for what was probably just a simple mistake. Finally, the assertive response would be to just politely say to the waiter, excuse me, I believe I ordered this rare. Is there anything we can do about this? 
And the good thing about the assertive response is I might get a new steak and I might not embarrass my wife. The bad thing is I also might not get a new steak. The you know, waiter might say, oh, well, we could get you a new one, but it'll take an hour and a half. And, you know, so you're just going to really have to wait. Or my wife might still be embarrassed. She might feel like I'm being uncomfortable and aggressive. And he still might spit in my steak as he brings back to the kitchen. So the problem with the assertive response is it's like walking a knife's edge. A little bit too much one way, you're passive. A little bit too much the other way, you're aggressive. So in a situation like my client was in, her, her situation was this. She had promised her sister that she she's going to be her maid of honor and she's getting married nine months from now. And there was supposed to be a uh, kind of like a tasting, but more open to check out the venue where the reception was to be held. And she had said to her sister that she was going to be there. But then as the date got closer of this tasting, she realized, you know, it's a three hour drive and she's going to be in that town the weekend before and the weekend after. And she really just... She would have to miss some events that are back home. So she doesn't want to go to it. And, you know, she doesn't want to disappoint her sister. But what she and I have been working on for quite some time is being more assertive because she has carried a lot of resentment for the people in her world who she has she's been passive with and allowed them to just dictate how things will go. And then she never really says what she wants. So when we start to change our style to become more assertive, other people are going to react badly to that. If they're used to you being passive, they're going to say, what's going on here? We're retraining. We're always training people on how to treat us. Her sister is likely to react very aggressively. That's more of her style. She will. So she was dreading going and seeing her sister this weekend, the weekend you know before the tasting. She had to see her um, for another event anyway, because she feels like my sister's going to come at me and she's going to say, you are betraying the family. You don't care about my wedding. You know, and... We know that her sister has a right to be mad. It's okay to be angry with someone when you've, you've promised, when expectations are set and then they get changed. So a person, her sister should be frustrated. She should be angry, but she shouldn't express that frustration with just straight up aggression because she's not likely to change anyone's mind with that. So again, why, why does she react with aggression? Well. Because that's the main tool that she's got. She doesn't, her life experience suggests we, we, again, in training animals, people, anything, we have two main tools. We have carrots and sticks. And we know from training animals that the carrot works better for sustained change and getting people to react appropriately and getting what you want, as opposed to just people being afraid and avoiding what you don't want. But if you don't really have a carrot, if you're not good with praise with kindness with being just really warm then sometimes the best move a person feels like they have is to just punish people when they disappoint you so that they're afraid to ever disappoint you unfortunately that leads to relationships where we're people are carrying resentment with us so if we want to avoid that we need to get better with our carrots and really use our sticks very very sparingly in relationships that doesn't mean we shouldn't have have consequences there we should always tell people when they've hurt our feelings when things are and that can be enough of a stick but we don't want to be alienating when we are telling people about things so we discussed again the, the technique we talked about before she before she talked to her sister she wrote out her thoughts she expressed okay i know my sister's still gonna be angry but i'm gonna express my truth 
And it's up to her sister how she receives that. If her sister chooses to be totally angry and aggressive, that's not something she can control. Often, we choose not to be assertive. We choose to be passive when we're dealing with a person who we feel is not going to be able to receive our assertiveness well, and they're going to react with aggression. And that's okay. Never be dead right. That's I had a boss, Leo Hayden, he used to say that. Let's not be dead right. And so I, I'm not going to shout out, hey, you guys are being mean at a Ku Klux Klan rally. It's just not going to be safe for me to do that. That being said, when we get away from that person in that situation, we want to think back and say, okay, anytime we weren't assertive, we want to break down that situation and say, why wasn't I assertive there? Why did I choose being passive or passive aggressive or, you know, really just aggressive? Why didn't I hit assertive? Probably there was a fear there somewhere and maybe the fear was valid. So when we choose passive, we're not always making the wrong choice, but we know that the more we choose assertive, the less we're going to build up resentment inside. This leads to the concept of, do we want to win arguments or do we want to win conversations? The difference between winning an argument and winning a conversation is when we've won an argument, the other person is defeated and they have nothing, no, no response left to say. But when we want a conversation, we have transferred our way of thinking about something into the other person's mind. It doesn't mean we've necessarily convinced them, but we've planted a seed. So again, when talking with clients, I'll often say, if, if I was go out to lunch with you and we're sitting across a table, and if I want the salt, how do you know? Well, yeah, I, I have to ask for the salt. And that seems so simple, but it's really more complex than we imagine. We have to take that image of my lunch partner passing me the salt. I have to break it down into words. I have to pass those words across the table. The other person has to hear those words, turn them into that same image and, you know, make it happen. So if I was to say to my lunch partner, please pass me the smart, you know, I would say to them, well, would you pass me the salt? And a lot of times people would say, maybe. Um, but if, if they didn't hear me clearly, they're not going to do it. If I said, give me the damn salt. Well, the person say, hey, you know, they might pass it to me or they might chuck it at my head. They might say that was inappropriate. Like, what did I do? Now, I might be able to go back with video testimony and show that I asked nicely three times for them to pass me the salt and they didn't hear me or they weren't paying attention. But the point is, if at the end of it, I didn't get the salt, I've lost the conversation. So that's what we want to be thinking about whenever there's tension, whenever there's aggression. How can what, what's my real goal here? What do I want this other person to leave with? My younger brother is the best person arguing I've ever encountered. He just thinks too quickly for anyone else to beat him. He, um, I, to my knowledge, he's never lost an argument, but that doesn't mean he's always right. And as a person who has a forceful personality, I can be wrong for too long because people just don't want to argue with me. And that's something I have to watch out for. And I have to be really clear and say, okay, what do I want here? And I want, I, I have to try when I disagree with someone to absorb and understand their perspective because I can learn something. My brother is so lucky that his wife um, doesn't try to argue with him when he's crossed the line or hurt her feelings or when she just wants him to start thinking about something in a different way. She just gets up and leaves the room. And he knows then, okay, I might've won this argument, but I've really lost. I need to stop and think about her perspective. So he's found a great partner for life in that. And that's what we all want to start to do is say, okay, 
what when I when this and it, and I often say this to people when they're writing an essay, when they're going in for a job interview, before we start this conversation, what am I hoping that the other party leaves with? And if I'm hoping that they'll leave with that, then I really need to be open to their perspective. When I was 23 years old, during college, I had done an internship at the Illinois Council Against Handgun Violence. And we just promoted information about how handgun violence could be dangerous and just perspectives. After college, I was a member of the ICHV's Speakers Bureau. And so sometimes I would get asked to go out to different community groups and whatnot who wanted to learn a little bit more about handgun violence. And so I was asked to drive down to Bloomington, Illinois, which is about two hours south of Chicago, and speak to the McLean County League of Women's Voters. And I accepted because I went to college in McLean County. I thought I might be able to catch up with a couple friends. And even though I knew this is a pretty rural area, I thought there might be six or seven women, you know, sitting in a library and whatnot. And when I got there, there were two busloads full of NRA members who had packed the little classroom in the library and were shouting at me before I even got to begin speaking. But by the end of that night, we were all laughing and talking together because whenever they would say something and try to shout over me, I would say, okay, that's a good point, but will you listen to my point now? And I found the common ground that no one that was there wanted to see children die from gun violence and saying, I want to hear their ideas, their perspectives on how we can all come together to prevent that kind of tragedy, the things that we don't want. And so whenever we're across the table from someone and we have something that divides us, the more we can shift our perspective down the road and say, okay, what is it that we all want? How can we get on the same side of the table and say, okay, we may have a difference of opinion on how we get there, but I'm curious as to your perspective. That's the first step in people really listening to us. So whether we choose, you know, passive, aggressive, assertive, again, the more often we can be assertive, the more efficient we're going to be and the more we're going to move away from building resentment. When we know what our communication style is and we can say, okay, how am I benefiting from this? But what, what is going to be most effective? What's going to be most efficient for me? And most importantly, when I have someone who I'm dealing with, who's angry, who's frustrated, my first step in dealing with them is to validate and really try to hear their perspective to say, if this person's angry with me, if they come in with anger, instead of being defensive, if I had a person come into my office and they're super pissed at me because they're like, you started the Chicago fire and you burned down most of the city and it's terrible and lots of people lost their lives. I could say, you're a crazy pants. That happened in 1871. I could not have started the Chicago fire. Or I could slow down and say, wow, you're really angry right now. And if you believe I started the Chicago fire, you have a right to be because that was a terrible tragedy for our city. Um, can you tell me more? Where did you get that information? Because I'm, I'm a little confused. And so when we first acknowledge the emotion the person's coming with, make them feel heard and listened to, and you do not have to get them at the end of the conversation to agree with you. Your, your goal is to just plant the seed of your perspective and hopefully then you can move on. So if you have questions for me or perspectives or issues and dilemmas, you can email me at daniel.magler at live.com. That's M-A-I-G-L-E-R, so daniel.maglerlive.com. If you like these episodes, please review and rate them on Spotify or wherever else you're listening to this so that other people can find it and you can share these episodes with other people. Uh, Please remember to try to support Pause for Patrick. So we will 
Uh, you can go on their website. There'll be a walk for awareness coming up on September 26th, Sunday, September 26th of 2021. So depending on when you're listening to this, hopefully that's not already passed. And uh, thank you for listening. And I hope you remember to do whatever it takes to get you through this world. You're just not allowed to die. Thank you.